0: Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 830 or 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Our scripture reading for today is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 10 through 17, and this is from the Common English Bible, the CEB. Now reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. Now I encourage you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other and don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. My brothers and sisters, Chloe's people gave me some information about you that you're fighting with each other. What I mean is this, that each one of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in Paul's name? Thank God that I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius so that nobody can say that you were baptized in my name. Oh, I baptized the house of Stephanus too. Otherwise, I don't know if I baptized anyone else. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And Christ didn't send me to preach the good news with clever words so that Christ's cross won't be emptied of its meaning. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Amen. Today, is the third in a series of sermons that I've been doing the last few weeks entitled Becoming a Spiritually Mature Church. And over the last few weeks, we've been looking at some of the ways in which we can grow in spiritual maturity, which is just another way of saying that we become more and more like Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago, we began with a sermon called Time to Grow Up, in which we talked about three imperatives that were necessary for us to grow spiritually. Last week, we talked about how we could improve our relationships, and part of being spiritually mature means having and maintaining healthy relationships with others, not just in the church, but in our workplace, in our families, in our marriages, wherever we may be. Today though, I want to share with you an important tool that can help us resolve the differences that often exist between us. And there are always differences in churches as there are in the world, out in the world. There's all kinds of differences. There's racial differences. There's gender differences. There's age differences. There's differences in politics, differences in theology, and the differences go on and on. The question is, how can we begin to bridge those differences? Well, I want us to talk about that this morning, but before we do so, let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Jewish school, Yeshiva University, decided to field a rowing crew team. Unfortunately, they lost race after race. Now, they practiced for hours every day. But never managed to come in any better than dead last. The head of the university, though, decided to send Yankel to spy on the Harvard team. So Yankel slipped off to Cambridge and hid among the bulrushes off the Charles River, from which he carefully watched the Harvard team practicing their rowing. Yankel finally returned to Yeshiva. I figured out their secret, he said. They have eight guys rowing and only one guy shouting. Now, certainly the church at Corinth had developed a tradition of fighting among themselves. And you know, it sounds like they had one person rowing and the rest shouting. Well, in our scripture reading today from 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, now I encourage you brothers and sisters... In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other. And don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with one mind and the same purpose. You know, conflict's a part of life. In the workplace, with our children, with our spouses. How, though, can we begin to resolve conflict? In the home, in the workplace, in the church, or wherever we find it? By building a bridge. That's right, building a bridge. This morning, I'd like to list three steps that we can take to begin to bridge the differences that it may exist between us. And let me just say this. Most of you know that I'm only going to be here a few more weeks. And there was a whole lot more that I wanted to do. I wanted to have several other uh, leadership training events for you. But because of the COVID virus, I'm not gonna be able to do that. But what I do want to do is share with you some tools and skills that will be helpful to you after I leave, that will help us to resolve any differences that may exist between us. And there are always gonna be differences. So I wanna share with you three steps that we can take to begin to resolve differences. So let's begin with the first step. First of all, in any conflict, try to see what the other person sees. First of all, in any conflict, try to see what the other person sees. Now, all of us have our own perception of reality, don't we? And when we're in conflict with another person, it may not be that the other person is trying to be difficult to get along with. They may actually see reality in a different way than we do, such as those pictures that I showed you in the children's sermon. Sometimes we can see things differently. You know, the late Leo Buscaglia once told of boarding an airplane for a five-hour flight from Los Angeles to New Jersey. When he took the aisle seat, it was obvious that the man next to him was irritated by his presence. He explained to Buscaglia that he had hoped to be able to have enough room to spread out. Moments later, though, they heard a baby cry. Great, the man exclaimed under his breath. I hate babies on airplanes. We'll have to listen to that child scream for five hours. When the stewardess stood to make her remarks about safety precautions, the traveler turned to Muscaglia and said, I hate stewardesses. They're nothing but glorified waitresses hoping to meet rich men. When she announced that lunch would be served mid-flight, The traveler turned to Buscaglia and whispered, I hate airplane food. It's made from rubber. I hate airplane food. It's made from rubber. Now, when she advised that there was an area in the rear of the plane for smokers, and this was some years ago when you could smoke on a plane, the man said to Buscaglia, I hate smokers. They ought to be shot. I hate smokers, they ought to be shot. And Buscaglia said, what, all of them? I know some nice people who smoke. But the man responded with greater resolve, I hate smokers, all of them. When the flight finally took off, the man turned to Buscaglia and said, what do you do? What do you do? Buscaglia responded, I'm a professor. Really? What do you teach? Educational psychology, Leo replied. What exactly is that, the man asked. To which Buscagli answered, mostly I teach courses in relationships. How to treat one another, how to get along. Basically, I teach about love. Well, this honorary traveler in absolute sincerity said, I'm glad to meet someone who shares my values. I'm glad to meet someone who shares my values. Now, it's not easy, but the first step in resolving any conflict is to try to see the reality that the other person sees. You know, this principle was stated several years ago by the late Stephen Covey, who put it a little bit differently. He said, First seek to understand, then seek to be understood. First, seek to understand, then seek to be understood. We need to see what the other person sees. That's the first step in building a bridge to resolve our differences. And that brings us to the second step to begin to resolve our differences. Second, in any conflict, try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. In any conflict, try to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Now, The first step is to listen to the other person. The second step is to identify with the other person. Again, in the heat of conflict, our first reaction is to strike back. But that never solves anything. It only escalates the battle. I want you to notice the humility that Paul shows in our passage. You see, factions in the Corinthian church were forming around leaders in the New Testament church. The church was being divided into different groups and each group was pledging allegiance to different leaders in the church. Some were saying, I belong to Paul. I belong to Paul. Others were saying, I belong to Apollos, another fine teacher. Still others were saying, I belong to Cephas or Peter. And some were even saying, I belong to Christ. As if Christ was just another historical figure in the early church. But I want you to notice. Notice what Paul says. Because Paul, first of all, takes to task those of his own fan club. Has Christ been divided, he asked? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see, in a sense, Paul is identifying with members of the other factions by scolding those of his own followers in order that healing might take place for the whole community. You know, it's hard to identify with your teenage son or daughter when their view of reality is in conflict with your own, isn't it? Sometimes we remember too well what it was like to be a teenager. But you know, we also need to recall the pain of being a teenager too. We need to step back and empty our heads and our hearts and clear our heads and hearts in order that we might identify with that young person or that adult with whom we're in conflict. Perhaps we're not seeing what they're seeing or feeling what they're feeling. We need to try to identify with the other person. We need to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. And that's the second step that we can take to begin to bridge the differences that may exist between us. And that brings us to the third and final step. Third and finally, in any conflict, try to find a common bridge. In any conflict, try to find a common bridge. The only way to solve any care in a relationship with another person is to match your reality to their reality until you find common ground. Now, unless your goal is to simply destroy your adversary and walk away, you're going to have to find an area of agreement. Let me illustrate that for you. In 1994, 1994, a Korean jet airliner crashed in the Southern Island resort city of Jeju while landing during a storm. The pilot and co-pilot had been arguing about whether the runway was long enough and then fought for control of the aircraft as it touched down, causing it to skid off the runway and ram a safety barricade. All 152 passengers and eight crew members survived by jumping down an escape chute moments before the Airbus A300 exploded in flames. But pilot Barry Edward Woods and co-pilot Chung Chang-kyu continued arguing, blaming each other for the crash. Folks, unresolved conflict can bring down not only planes, but it can also bring down companies, marriages, families, and even churches, even churches. You see, somebody has to be big enough and Christ-like enough to take the first step. Someone has to take the first step to build a bridge. Now, you know, it's interesting to notice that Paul didn't point out or criticize any beliefs the different factions held or any acts the different factions had committed, except those of his own followers. And Neither did he really begin discussing the problems in the Corinthian church until he first reminded them of their fellowship, their relationship, their calling, and their spiritual resources. You see, Paul was a bridge builder. He was a bridge builder. So was Jesus. I mean, think about it. Jesus built the greatest bridge of all, the bridge between ourselves and God, When sin had separated us from God and created a vast chasm between ourselves and God, Jesus came into our world and through his cross, he provided a bridge for us over sin so that we might have access to God. And you know, Jesus' dream for us is that we build bridges to others, whether they be in our family, our workplace, our church, or simply our world. Has there ever been a time when we needed bridge builders today? We need it desperately. You know, God calls us to be bridge builders. Let me ask you, are you willing to be a bridge builder for Christ? Well, in conclusion, if we want to begin to resolve conflict, we need to see what the other person sees, feel what they feel, and build a bridge by matching our reality to their own. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.